go on. All right. Welcome back to another Mind Over Money. My name is Van Pappas. I'm a certified financial planner with Oxygen Financial. And every Thursday at noon, we come to you with Mind Over Money, where we talk about different financial topics on our way to helping better educate you on things that you might not understand in the world of finance, on our way to helping you build a fatter wallet and learn some new life hacks. And today, I got a special guest, um, Mr. Chase Carey, the Carey Bear, as people like to call him. Um, and we're going to talk about something that I know a lot of people um, probably don't like thinking about or don't want to talk about, but we're going to talk Medicare. And so, Chase, uh, welcome to Mind Over Money. Why don't you just give us a little brief background of your, you know, who you are and what you do? Sure. Hey, Van, how are you? Thanks for having me. Um, first thing I want people to know about Medicare is you're going to absolutely love it. Okay, so we'll get into some more of the details, which you don't have to remember. I remember. Them. But believe it or not, uh, back in the early 80s, I was hitchhiking home from a job interview and a guy picked me up and he said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm coming home from a job interview. He said, my gosh, we're hiring people like weeds. Two weeks later, I was working at Prudential on the AARP account paying Medicare supplement claims. So I've been doing it a long time and I'm on Medicare myself. Uh, I spent 20 years in corporate America. I was a consultant. I was VP of underwriting for Aetna. I did product development, market research, about 20 other things. And then I've been self-employed for probably coming up on 25 years now. So Medicare, let, let's let's just jump right into it. You know, I think a lot of people don't understand what it is. And the first question I would have uh, to educate people is when exactly does someone get Medicare? Um, great place to start. I first want to differentiate between Medicaid and Medicare, which you and I great, spoke about. Great, great question. Yeah, let's let's talk about All that because right. I know I know in my business people sit down and they think, oh yeah, well that's Medicaid. I'm like, no, that's not what Medicaid is. So yeah, please explain the difference. Sure. So Medicaid is aid. So if you, and it's generally for people that have lower incomes. So the government is providing through the state and federal government, they're providing health insurance coverage for you. Okay. And there are also programs for, which changed a number of years back, for many children, even though they come from families with good incomes, are provided health insurance. Medicare is for when you turn 65, <clears throat> pardon me, or become disabled under Medicare earlier. But we're going to talk generalities, the things that will affect most people. So think of Medicare, you care for your parents, right? You don't aid them, you care for them. So that's how I remember the difference between Medicare and Medicaid. So Medicare is pretty great. Most people who have worked for 10 years or 40 quarters and paid Social Security taxes will get Medicare Part A for free the first of the month they turn 65. So I was just speaking to a client on the phone. She'll turn 65 this November um, in the middle of the month. Her Medicare Part A and B will be effective November 1st. Now, Part A generally covers hospitalization. It has co-pays. And Part B generally covers medical and surgical um, procedures. 
doctor's visits, things like that. Medicare Part B has a $226 deductible and then it pays 80%. But you're eligible for that when you become 65. You will pay a Part B premium. So a lot of people that are turning 65 don't choose to enroll in Part B until later on. And that's because they're covered by their medical plan at work or by their spouse's medical plan. Now, if you're covered as an active employee or a dependent of an active employee, you can delay putting off Part B until later. Now, you mentioned a second ago a client that you were talking to now. Here it is in July, and they're coming uh, in November to get on Medicare. So what do you suggest? I mean, I have a feeling a lot of people don't even think about this until they actually turn 65. But I would suspect you're going to say something different. You're going to tell say they really need to start thinking about it. How soon before 65? You know, they need to have the conversation with their financial planner a year or two before they turn 65. Certainly years before that. But here's the thing is they don't have to get over indulged in the details. I can generally tell somebody what their Medicare Part B premium, and if they choose a Medicare supplement plan or a drug plan, what those costs are going to be. And that enables professionals like yourself, Dan, to put that into their financial plan. So when they get there, they're not so worried. Um, and, and that's the key. But of course, you know, three months before you turn 65 is when you can first enroll in Medicare, unless you're disabled under Social Security and the rules are different. Now, so my client that will turn 65 in November, she can enroll in Medicare beginning in August, but her effective date will be November 1st. All people on Medicare, the effective date is the first of the month in which they turn uh, 65. So my birthday is in the middle of the month my birthday was on the first or my medicare eligibility was on the first of the month let's talk a second about that premium that you said they have to pay so you know um i'm in my 50s my age bracket we don't hit full social security retirement until 67 um and i suspect with uh, the upcoming generations, that might actually even be later if they're going to solve the Social Security problem. But I know most people have that premium deducted from their Social Security, right? It's just automatic. Is that not correct? It is if you're receiving Social Security. But like what myself, happens if you're not receiving Social Security? You'll get a bill okay. in the mail or online and you just go, in lo- go online and pay it. Okay. All right. That's what I wasn't sure is you know, is the federal government just uh, pulling it out of our bank account or, you know, yeah. do we actually get a bill in the mail? You get a bill in the mail or you just you go on to your Social Security gov account. And I'm sure all your clients have SSA.gov yeah. accounts. Even younger clients should go into there because it'll project what their Social Security uh, earnings are or what their likely benefits are going to be. Yeah. Now, you know, I get a lot of people asking me when we ha- when I sit down and have the conversation about um, their their retirement. I like to change the word from retirement to making work optional because I think more and more people are working longer. But when you do stop working, one of the things that you have to be concerned about in your old age is uh, custodial care, long term care, that sort of stuff. 
and I, I'm shocked how many people get confused where they think the government's going to take care of them, that Medicare is going to provide a long-term care benefit for them, which is not Absolutely true. Absolutely not the case. Absolutely yeah. not the case. Medicare pays for acute hospitalization and then up to 100 days in a skilled nursing facility. A skilled nursing facility is, are you still there? I just lost my picture. No, I'm here. Okay. I can hear, I, we can hear you. I lost, yeah, okay, good. I lost my signal somehow. There we go. My apologies. So No, no, you, you've been running the whole time. We've heard okay, everything. Good, good, good. So we're in a new house. Um, the nursing home and a long-term care facility is very different than a skilled nursing facility. In fact, a large portion of skilled nursing facility beds in the country are within hospitals. They just have rooms that are designated and you get a lower level of care, but it's near hospital. If you want nursing home coverage, you really need to look at a long-term care policy. Uh, now, Van will tell, you'll tell your clients, I'm sure, that many of the long-term care policies have gone away and they've transitioned to permanent life policies within a long-term care rider. Yeah, there's the, the, um, the, the traditional long-term care insurance definitely has, has modified. There's still a few carriers out there, but so many of the carriers have stopped selling long-term care insurance. And you're right, there's some kind of hybrid product, whether it's with a life insurance or an annuity that has, you know, a, uh, a custodial care rider on it uh, to provide for that long-term care benefit. Um, yeah, but you know, yeah. you said a second ago about the hundred days. So um, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe I misunderstand. Um, with Medicare, as long as you're in rehabilitative care they'll continue to pay because that's medical care, correct? As soon as as soon as they, they say it's they, custodial care, they'll stop paying. Am I am I wrong about that? Not necessarily. A lot of rehabilitation is outpatient. Okay. So you've got to understand your clients need to understand that. As soon, you know, if you're if you almost need to be in a hospital and you may be having rehab during that time, then that's going to be covered by um, Medicare A and B, primarily Medicare A. But for people looking for nursing home coverage, the only other way you get coverage for being in a nursing home, which is custodial care, as you mentioned, which is not really medical care, but it's care that people need. Yeah. Um, you have to become impoverished. And then remember, we talked about the distinction between Medicaid and Medicare. Then the government would, through Medicaid, will pay for your nursing home stay. Right. But and that, and that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's the rules around when you qualify that are state specific. So each state might have slightly different rules on how much money you have to be impoverished to. I know here in Georgia, you can't have more than $2,000 in a checking account to qualify. Yeah, for and there's a look back period, right? Correct. So if, you can't, if you can't just, you can't give all your money to Van, right? You have all your kids or whoever. Right. You, you, you got, uh, what is that look back period, five years? I think it's five years. And and these things can always change. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, we've talked about med the difference between Medicare and Medicaid, and we've talked about parts A and B. Um, let, let's transition into Medicare supplements, because that's the other thing about Medicare that I think a lot of people get confused on. They're like, oh, sure. I got Medicare. Why do I need a supplement? Doesn't Medicare cover everything? 
Can you talk a little bit about what a supplement is? Yeah, and then we'll talk about Medicare Advantage plans, including prescription drug plans. Okay. So Medicare Part A, if you go in the hospital, you have a big deductible first day. And then after so many days, there are more co-payments per day. Part B, it has a $226 deductible, and then it pays 80%. Uh, a Medicare supplement fills in the holes in Medicare Part A, the co-pays, and the 20% on the Part B expenses. So Part B expenses can be expensive, but the Medicare supplement's primary benefit is helping people pay the hospitalization costs, which are significant. So the best Medicare supplement out there for people that have not yet turned 65 is Medicare Plan G. It's about $150 a month for people in Georgia. Down in Florida where I am, and I used to live in Atlanta area just a few years ago, it's about $200. So people in Georgia are very fortunate when it comes to costs, which are still too high in medical care, but they're significantly lower than most parts of the country. Now, it gets confusing because we have Medicare Part A and Medicare Part B, but then MedSups are also A through N, even though an insurance carrier, they have to offer A, but they don't necessarily have to offer all the other plans. But I don't want your clients to get confused about that. I will take care of them. I will make sure they don't make a mistake. Uh, that's, that's one of the beauties of me doing this for 40 some years. Um, and then now let's transition to a Medicare Advantage plan because they're becoming more and more popular. Roughly 40% of the 65 million people on Medicare are on a Medicare Advantage plan. Don't quote me exactly on that statistic, but they're becoming more and more popular. And I myself am on a Medicare Advantage plan. Now, what's the difference? Okay, first thing, if you have a Medicare Advantage plan, you cannot have a Medicare supplement. It's not legal and not needed. So remember with Medicare parts A and B and a Medicare supplement, anything that Medicare covered, all the holes would be filled in with the exception of the 226 Part B deductible. That dollar amount goes up each year. Now, Medicare Advantage is an alternative to Medicare A and B, but it doesn't have, it doesn't limit the, let me restate that. Med, Medicare Advantage plans start out being equivalent to Medicare A and B, not equivalent to Medicare A, B plus a med stop. So for example, um, you go in the hospital, I've got my busy executive guide to Medicare here, which is on my website. I don't think you can see it. And we'll come over and we'll take a look at what it costs to go into the hospital day one. Let's take a look see here. So, oh, we should talk about premium uh, penalties too. So it's $1,600 to go in the hospital on day one. On a Medicare Advantage plan, I'm just making up a number you may pay $300 for the first five days in a hospital, or you may pay $250 for the first seven days. So it takes the, the big bites that Medicare has and it spreads them out. Now these days there are also additional advantages. Uh, many plans cover uh, hearing aids, which Medicare does not cover. Many plans offer dental and vision, which Medicare does not cover. Now we're not talking about eye surgery, we're talking about getting corrective lenses like my glasses here or contact lenses. Now my specific plan is phenomenal um, because it actually pays part of my Part B premium. 
So my Part B premium, instead of being 164.90 a month, is much lower. In addition, I get $164 a month, a quarter, pardon me, four times a year, to purchase over-the-counter items, which are delivered right to my home. So that's one of the, and these are what you would consider the Joe well, name. Right. So what's, what's, why would someone, what would be the disadvantage for, you said, uh, I don't remember the millions of people that already are on a Medicare Advantage. Why would someone not do a Medicare Advantage? Because you're going to have a very, very small network of physicians. Okay. And you're going to need referrals. So, so it comes down to if, if I have a specific doctor that I like going to, and they're not in the network for the Medicare Advantage, that would be me saying, all right, now I have to make a decision. Do I want to keep going to that doctor or do I want this, what sounds like a much better option for Medicare because it include it combines everything in one? Yes. And for my clients, most of them come through smart financial planners like you. They're going to have saved properly. So they're going to do a med sub. They're not going to do the mother may I. Nobody's going to question them about going to see a specialist. You're not going to have any of that going on. So mo I would say maybe even 100% of people that come to me through financial planners choose a Medicare supplement. Now, during the annual enrollment period, uh, every year it goes from October 15th to December 7th. It used to be called open season and other things. You can always switch to a Medicare Advantage plan. Now, no Questions asked. Now, the drawback, man, is that except during the first year, you can't switch back to a Medicare supplement without passing a medical questionnaire. So that's where it gets tough. Now, what? Tell one last thing, because you know we're approaching our our twenty minutes, and I want to make sure. I know. I think we could probably have another twenty minute session. I may ask you to to come on once a quarter and give us a uh, you know a, a recap on stuff, but. There, ex explain to me the scenario where um, and I'm not sure if it's with um, with Medicare's Part A and B or supplements or prescription drugs or whatnot. But is there not a scenario where if you don't sign up when you first get to age 65, there's some penalty, right? Absolutely. That's such a valuable point. A uh, couple of things. First off, when you turn 65, unless you're on a high deductible health plan, an HSA eligible plan at work, there's no reason not to sign up for Part A. It's free. It gives you extra coverage. Now, if you're, as we mentioned earlier, there are periods where you don't have to sign up for Part B. But if you miss that period, there's only one time in the early winter in January, I believe, where you can sign up for Part B, but it doesn't become effective until the following July and you pay a 10% penalty. Now, also drug plans. If you don't sign up for a drug plan and you don't have comparable coverage elsewhere, then for every year you go out, go without a drug plan, you will pay an additional approximately $4 a month in premium. So if you went five years, you would pay an additional $20 a month in premium beyond uh, what the actual premium is. So and, this, this goes this goes in hand then, it sounds like, with what we were talking about earlier, where you really need to start having this conversation with your financial planner and then someone like you yes. in advance so that you don't put yourself in a scenario where you go, oh, well, 
uh, six months ago, I turned 65 and I forgot to do A, B and C. And now I'm going to end up paying more than I should have. Yeah. And, and Van, as you know, uh, we can work with many clients uh, on a three-way Zoom and they can even be in your office and we can walk through. Uh, I don't get any of the personal information uh, from your clients. That's all private and with you. I help people understand Medicare choices and what makes sense or doesn't make sense. Another important thing for your clients to know, and I know we're getting short on time, is that there are um, tax penalties for people that earn high amounts of money. So Part B premium can go up significantly to nearly $500 a month if you earn a, quite a bit of money. And the look back is two years. So 2023, it looks at your 2021 federal income tax. And there's also an additional tax penalty on your Part B premium for people to make a lot of money. Now, whether that's fair or not fair, people that make that much money, it may be annoying, but it's not going to be noticeable they, to them. They, they, so they can handle it. Right. They, can they got the money it. to handle it. If you're making that much money, you know, you got your, you know, Give your financial plan or something extra holiday time. Well, we're, we're going to put uh, your contact information in the comments of the videos. Um, that way, if someone wants to reach out uh, who needs help, if they're approaching 65, um, you know, and they need some help, they can reach out to you. And, and I am going to ask uh, you to come back here in the future because I think we've just briefly hit the surface and there's so many more things we can talk about on this topic that people don't understand or are not well educated. So um, I'd love to, and I know you really take care of your clients with uh, very much a hands-on um, approach and help people to feel comfortable. And, you know, they're the kind of people I love to work with. I love to work with people like you, Van. There, there are too many people out there that are just trying to make a sale and move on. And that's not you. And that's not who I work with. Well, thanks for watching, everyone. And thank you, Carrie, for coming on the show. And um, I'm sorry, Chase, for coming on the show. The Chase hey, bear threw me. <laughs> um, and we'll be back next week with another Mind Over Money.